podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And we have good news and bad news today from the international front. The good news is that Trent Alexander-Arnold had an excellent turning out for England yesterday and got three assists in England's 10-0 win over San Marino. Uh, the bad news is that Andy Robertson picked up an injury in Scotland's win over Denmark. Now, there's there are a small number of Liverpool fans who seem happy that Andy Robertson has gotten injured, which is just a weird thing to feel. I can understand that, that some people are frustrated with how poor some of Robertson's performances this season have been, and there is a general feeling that Costa Simicus should have had more opportunities, in particular when he has impressed in the minutes he's been allowed and he has performed well for Greece. He had seven chances created in their most recent match, which is a staggering amount for a left-back. But to be happy about a Liverpool player being injured is really, really weird. Now, again, I get that some people are just frustrated. They want Robertson left out for a run of games. They want Simicus in the team. But let's not forget that Andy Robertson, for most of his tenure at Liverpool, has been absolutely outstanding. After arriving in that summer of 2017 with Ox, with Mo, he earned his place after a couple of months. Once Albi Moreno got injured, he took his chance. And he has been outstanding ever since. He developed into one of the best left-backs in the world. This is a guy that we bought from Hull in what was basically a swap deal for Kev Stewart. And he became one of, if not the best left-backs in the world through most of that season, all of the following season, all of the season after. Now, last season, I get that some people were a little bit put off by his form in the second half of the season. I get that some people thought Simicus should have gotten opportunities. But remember, Liverpool had no centre-backs. And... When you're having to play Jordan Henderson at centre-back, Nat Phillips, Reese Williams, a lone signing in Ozan Kabak, when you're patching things together in the middle of your defence, you kind of want to have a bit of stability, a bit of continuity somewhere in that back line. And that stability and continuity was Andy Robertson because Trent, and it seems like people have forgotten, Trent got covid And then he was really poor for about four months. He also had a a calf injury in the middle of that and missed a run of games. Andy Robertson was the one consistent player. And through the first half of last season, he was really, really good. He was still at his best. Yes, he dipped in the second half of the season. You'd dip as well if you went from playing next to the very best player in the world in his position to... Jordan Henderson, to Nat Phillips, to Reese Williams. One of whom isn't a central defender. The other two, with respect, are not Premier League caliber players, let alone players good enough to play for the best team in the country. So it's understandable that Robertson did have somewhat of a fall-off. It's not understandable to be happy that he's injured. Does it force Jürgen into playing Costas? Yeah, it does. But does it mean that when Robertson comes back, Costas will keep his place? Probably not. 
it probably doesn't really matter how well Costas plays. Unless he goes out and is some sort of Paolo Maldini meets Roberto Carlos hybrid, it doesn't matter how well he plays. Andy Robertson is going to remain the first choice left back for Liverpool. And that's just how it's going to be. And that's how it probably should be. Because Andy Robertson has earned the right to be Liverpool's first choice left back over an outstanding tenure at the club. And we shouldn't let a bad three, four months last season. And let's be fair, it's not like he's been terrible in every game this season. He has had some poor games. The poor guy looks absolutely exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. Played at the Euros. Plays every minute for us. Plays every game for Scotland in in the World Cup qualifiers. The guy's been run into the ground at club and country level for three, four years now. He's captain of his country. It's a lot of added pressure. He was the, the vocal leader of our back line last season. Now, he picked up some bad habits, one of them being this thing where he stands three yards behind the rest of the defensive line. Now, he was doing that to be in a position to sweep across behind Henderson or Phillips or Williams. That's why he was doing that. So he was in position to cover for them. And he hasn't yet adapted back to playing with Virgil. Or maybe he's just accepting that Virgil's not quite Virgil just yet. That that's still coming along. And Virgil isn't as quick as he was. And maybe he's compensating for some of that. But either way, he doesn't deserve anybody cheering the fact that he's injured. That is, it's ridiculous behaviour. It needs to stop. So if you see somebody celebrating an injury to any of our players, but especially to one who's been so good and so important and so consistent, have a wee word with them. Let them know they need to improve. Not a whole bunch else going on. International football is obviously taking centre stage and dull and old as it may be, it is what it is. But the Robertson injury does lead to another question mark now over the Arsenal game and what our team is going to look like in that game. So Liverpool.com have a piece up uh, how Liverpool could look as Jurgen Klopp could be without seven key players. And this doesn't factor in the injury to Andy Robertson. So this was, oh, it does, sorry. My, my apologies, it does. It, Curtis Jones looks like he's back, so Robertson is now the seventh rather than Jones. Um, some strange claims in this piece, but nevertheless, Alison, Trent, Joel, Virgil, Costas, I think we'd all be really happy with that. Thiago and Fabinho, again, we're all really happy with that. And the third midfield option, it could be Ox, it could be Curtis Jones. I'd quite like to see Curtis play with Fabinho and Thiago, get Curtis on the right of the midfield, give him more attacking license. And then up front, you're probably going to have Mo. Diogo Jota maybe from the left and Divock through the middle. The other alternative there would be Taki Minamino. Maybe Taki starts instead of Bobby, Jota instead of Mane. Does put a lot of pressure on Mo. But even with seven injuries, aren't we all really confident that that team goes out and beats Arsenal? 
if you're being honest with yourself, how many Arsenal players would you take in our team? Certainly wouldn't take the goalkeeper. I like Tommy Asu. You're not taking him over Trent. Nobody in their right mind would take Ben White over Joel Matip. I like Gabriel, but he's not a patch on Virgil. Left back, yeah, Kieran Tierney, but Kieran Tierney's not fit either. So they're going to have Nuno at left back in all likelihood. He's not as good as Costas. Thiago and Fabinho are better than any of their midfielders. Now, you might take Odegaard or, or Thomas Partey over Ox or Curtis. And in attack, you might take Smith, Rowe and Saka, say, over Origi and Jota. But it's still a vast majority of Liverpool players. We should still have more than enough to to beat Arsenal, especially at home. Uh, one really good piece, actually, before I stick with this site, one really good piece that I saw today. Uh, James Pierce has written a piece on the Athletics. So if you are an Athletic subscriber, uh, this piece is worth your while. You know how oftentimes you see people tweet, you know, I'd forgotten such and such was a Liverpool player. I'd forgotten that, you know, that player happened or whatever. And oftentimes it's young players. Like you see a young player crop up somewhere else and you're like, oh, they used to play for Liverpool. They were a big prospect for us at one one time or another. Well, James Pierce has a piece on the Atlantic about Mark Pelosi, who I just, he completely slipped my mind. Mark Pelosi was a really talented young midfielder in our academy from 2011 to 2015, was very, very close to making his first team debut and suffered a horrendous double leg fracture in 2013, just as he was on the cusp of getting an opportunity with the first team. He'd been training with them, he'd been traveling with the squad, and he suffered a horrendous injury against West Brom. He was released two years later. He moved to America, played for San Jose Earthquakes, but the pain, the issues in his leg and his knee never went away. And he retired in 2017 at the age of 23. He went through quite a long convoluted lawsuit with West Brom to get compensation for the horrendous tackle that, you know, ultimately ended his career. Really, really good piece on The Athletic by James Pierce. So I do highly recommend giving that one a read. If you are an Athletic uh, subscriber, if you're not and you know someone who is, ask them to give you the screenshots. It's it's well worth your while. I do think you'll enjoy that piece. Um, back to Liverpool.com. Liverpool may have found ideal James Milner transfer error in former Jurgen Klopp favourite. Jonas Hoffman was given his Bundesliga debut by Klopp and German international could have what it takes to replace Milner at Liverpool. Now, Jonas Hoffman is 29. He'll be 30 in July of next year. Uh, he's been at Borussia Mönchengladbach for five years. He's got 10 German caps, all in the last 12 months. He's a busy player, the type who can fill in here, there and everywhere. Started off as a nominally wide player, moved more central as he got a bit older. 
he is one Klopp did use at times, but not very regularly. Um, mostly as a squad player, someone to come on or someone to fill in here and there. Didn't quite make the grade. At Dortmund, Thomas Tuchel wasn't a fan when he replaced Klopp. And um, found his way to Mines on loan. And then he went to, to Gladbach. And he, to be fair, he has carved out a good career for himself at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Hansi Flick does seem to like him. And even though it was Yogi Lowe who gave him his debut in that, Hansi Flick does seem to like having him around the squad. And he seems important. Maybe mostly as a training ground player. Someone that can help out with pressing in training. He's not a standout player at club or country level. He's not a player of the, the calibre that we would generally go for. But if he's available on a cheap transfer, it could make a difference. It could be something that we do consider. Uh, like I say, he's got, he's got some versatility to, versatility to his game. He is a good presser. He's an intelligent player. Works very, very hard. He's had a contract in 2023, so come this summer, as he turns 30, maybe with a year left, Gladbach would take 10, 12 million for him. Could make sense in some ways. Not a bad player for sure, but he wouldn't be one that you'd be getting overly excited about, I don't think. But could be a good squad addition, nonetheless. Um, Liverpool could hijack 42 million Chelsea transfer to solve Jurgen Klopp's midfield injury crisis. Arlen Chumeni, Chumeni of uh, Monaco, very, very good player. Huge, huge talent. Defensive midfielder who can also play as a kind of a defensive eight would fill that void that was left when Ginny Wijnaldum left would bring added stability to the team, would also give us a backup and long-term successor for Fabinho, which is something that we probably would want to be able to, you know, to start planning for. Fab won't be around forever. I know he got the new contract, but as he ages, he's likely to pick up a couple more injuries. He's a tremendous player, many, absolutely tremendous. And he is somebody that, Everybody who's worked with him, trained with him, played with him, raves about coaches and players. Cesc Fabregas waxed lyrical about him recently. And Cesc is not generally one to give out cheap compliments. So I do think that's one for, for Liverpool to maybe keep an eye on if they are looking to add in midfield. As for the media wrap-up, Arsenal are tipped to beat Liverpool to transfer. Uh, Liverpool and Arsenal are leading contenders to sign Marco Asensio, but Steve McManaman says he would suit a move to the Emirates best. Um, it's a bizarre bit of logic from McManaman, who said this to horseracing.net, which, you know, this is what you're, what you're dealing with here. Aubameyang's coming to the end of his career, or certainly into his 30s, with Lacazette in a similar position and coming to the end of the contract. Asensio could be at a club where he'd probably have more joy of playing. Um, well, considering Asensio is a 10 or winger, 
and they're both strikers. I don't think either of them having short contracts or being well into the 30s makes any difference. So it, nonsensical logic logic from from Mac. It matches some of his punditry and commentary, to be fair. Andy Carroll's new club, uh, former Liverpool striker Andy Carroll, has signed a contract till the end of the season. No, till the end of January with Reading. So it's a chance for him to impress and earn a deal till the end of the year. Hopefully he does well. Hopefully he does well. Andy Carroll should have success in the championship. Um, it's a league where I think his, his skill set should thrive. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp has asked his bosses to complete the signing of Alexander Isak as a potential alternative to Erling Haaland or Killing Mbappe, according to Catalan media outlet El Nacional. They report that Klopp is desperate to sign a striker because I'm sure that when Jurgen is at home and he, you know, wants to speak to one of his many pals in the media that he cares so much about, I'm sure it is El Nacional in Spain that he reaches out to and says, have I got the story for you guys? It's just tripe. Imagine that was your job, getting paid to publish that drivel. It's this magnificent stuff. Um, on AnfieldIndex.com, then, there is a piece from Stephen Smith about the new sporting director, and there is a new Minefield podcast entitled Are We Better at Corners Neuroscience with Al and Andrew. Minefield is one of the best podcasts going, and it's something that we're very proud of at Anfield Index Pro. It's the only podcast of its type. Nobody else is offering that kind of content. And when you put that with the likes of Under Pressure, with the likes of Fatigue Index, like that, they're very unique podcasts that you're not going to get anywhere else. You're not getting that level of expertise anywhere else. You factor that in with everything else we've got going. I think you see why you really should subscribe to Anfield Index Pro if you're not already. Harry Sethi is recording a new episode of Rival Recon ahead of the Arsenal game. There will be a scouted this week. Uh, no Mulby on the spot this week. There's a Legends lowdown. Jason McAteer once again stepping in for Big Yan and he will speak with Trev Downey. And there's a couple of other bits and pieces coming up. There will be under, under pressure in the next couple of days is the, is the rumor. Those boys keep things to themselves. Those stats lads, you can't really trust them too much. They keep it all to themselves, but we will have more and more content as the week goes, as we ramp towards the game. And then obviously you'll have your post-match raw. You'll have your gags tandem show. I think again this week, gags filling in for Nina. So do make sure to check all of those things out and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.